Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. It's fun to do all that research and get all that knowledge and just grow closer to the Lord. He always surprises me by what I, a new thing I learned about him. Well, you know, <laughs> um, we sang a song today that said, I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. I won't. Because... Um, we're standing in the Lord's love. Fear doesn't have a chance to knock us off our feet, right? We won't be shaken. But this earth will shake. This earth is going to shake, right? And uh, we've been experiencing some shaking going on lately. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> how did your glassware do? <laughs> Because mine took a, took a dive for the floor, and I've decided that maybe anything that I hold dear and near to my heart, you know, that I have uh, picked up along the way in my life, uh, it ended up on the floor. And so maybe I need to just put things on the floor and do some nice little vignettes <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Keep them safe. So how did you do during the earthquake? It was a 6.4 earthquake. And we had that on December 20th. That was a Merry Christmas gift to us. You know, there's no amount of glue that can repair this. It's in so many pieces. And then, and you know, those things that we hold dear to our hearts, sometimes they break. Sometimes they don't work out. And so, and they can't be glued together. They can't be repaired uh, in this life. And this particular piece was a piece that I had picked up in when, on my trip to um, Israel. This is from Jericho, and it was a beautiful glass vase. And, uh, and I still don't have all the pieces somewhere behind my bookcase. But um, that being said, we don't want to hold on to things too tightly here, right? Um, or put too much importance on them. But not only glassware got broken, but here we had gas lines, water lines, homes, people, water, bridges, everything kind of came to a, an abrupt standstill. And um, they were highly affected. They were highly disrupted. Unfortunately, during that time also, two people lost their lives during that earthquake. And dozens were injured, and several homes were um, either fell off their footings or they were tagged as unsafe for the people. So there were some homeless people, too. And there was another 5.4 earthquake that happened New Year's Day, and most of us were sitting right here in church when that happened. <laughs> that was a good little shaker. And we were left wondering, what on earth is going to happen next? But I was very impressed at Pastor Fran's response. Do you remember how she just stood here very calmly? And she wrote it out. 
She didn't get, she did not panic. I love that. I watched her and I was just kind of amazed how settled she was. Now that can only come from the Lord, right? We don't know what was going on inside of her. But on the outside, she portrayed this absolute calmness, which actually had an effect on me. I watched her and I thought, okay, she's not running for the door, you know, neither am I. So um, after that, I looked online. Oh my gosh, online. Um, <laughs> I could sit there for hours and waste time looking online. And I did the other night. Because I was looking for, uh, you know, the biggest, the most, the most powerful, the deadliest, the whatever, earthquakes that, the, that this world has ever recorded. Now, you know, some we never recorded because that's history. But when we get to the ability of recording them, so what I found was the largest ever recorded was the Valdivia earthquake in Chile on May 20th, 1960, and it registered 9.5. We were 6.4. That was a 9.5. And it measured, uh, oh, anyway, um, there were 200, I'm sorry, 1,655 deaths, $5 billion in damages, and the tsunami that it created reached Japan. We're gonna to have to get a map to find out how far that went. The most deadly was in 2004, Sumatra, the Indian Ocean. It measured 9.1 with 227,898 deaths and billions and billions of dollars in damages. The most powerful quake recorded in the United States was in 1964 in the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, it was 8.8 with 165 dead, a massive tsunami followed, which it actually touched, came to Crescent City. Now, the only reason why I remember that, 1964, I was 14, and I remember my mom and my aunt taking a trip to Crescent City to see what was left of Crescent City. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's why would you want to do that? <laughs> you know, but, um, and then there's the costliest. The costliest, excuse me, was in 2011 in Tohoku, Japan, and it was the strongest ever recorded in Japan. I measured 9.1. There were 15,894 deaths. That doesn't include injured people. And major destructive tsunami followed that. You can actually, they have recorded it on like live when it was happening. It's pretty scary. Now, an earthquake happens when tectonic plates these are uh, large flat slabs of the Earth's crust that move past each other, releasing vast amounts of forceful energy. They go like this, okay? So one of these slabs is gonna give way to the other. The energy it produces causes destruction, disruption, disorientation, and distress. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> okay. One of the first questions that comes to mind when something distressful happens to us is we ask, why? Why did that happen? Why now? Why? And you know, you might find yourself saying uh, a lot of things to make us say why. Why God? Why me? Hey, I'm a Christian. Why did God allow that to happen to me? Why me? I thought you loved me. Why, God, did you allow my loved one to die? Why, God, did you cause the economy to crash at this time? 
I was just building my 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 401k or whatever you have. Why, God, don't you save my son or daughter who's on drugs? I feel like I'm losing them. And you know what? It's perfectly okay to ask God why, because he's such a big God, and only he has the answers. However, at times we come to him demanding an answer. We're trying to explain, accuse, or lay blame on someone so that we can understand the impossible to understand. We blame God because he's put, we think he's punishing us for something we've done or didn't do. He's being cruel, we think. Maybe he turned his head and wasn't paying attention when that happened. Or he lost his power momentarily and everything fell apart. We blame others. If only they had to fill in the blank. We blame ourselves. I should have, I could have, I would have, but we didn't have the control. And I couldn't help the situation no matter what, what I did. So we condemn ourselves with the guilt and we just kind of heap it on. And then there's Satan. We could blame him. He's constantly stealing and killing and destroying. And his main agenda is to knock you out of Christ's kingdom and put you into his. Sometimes when the world crashes around us, and it will, nothing makes sense to us. And we can't get sure footing. And so we need help. Sometimes, no, all the time, we have to trust God in his infinite wisdom to help with our temporary problems. Because this is not our home, and all things are temporary down here. They're not going to last, right? Everything down here is on temporary loan from God. And they're on loan from his gracious hand. And he created all things. It all belongs to him. And he is in control. The scriptures teach us three essential truths about God in those times of adversity. And we must believe them. And that is, one, God is sovereign. Number two, God is infinite in his wisdom. And number three, God is perfect in his love. God is sovereign over earthquakes and floods and mudslides and fire and stormy seas. He's also sovereign over my life and your life, all life. He's sovereign over good health and prosperity and illness and loss and death. And only God has the right to rule and reign over what he has made. And so Proverbs 18.10 confirms that the name of the Lord is strong tower, the righteous one into it, and is safe. Now, I used to read that is, as the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it, and are safe. As in, they are safe if we run into God, if we run to him. But really what it says is, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous ran into it, and it is safe. What is safe? His name is safe. He is a safe God. He loves you enough to save you. He loves you enough to provide for you, and he's in control. 
Everything that happens or will happen is always sifted through the loving hand of a gracious God. Even before it gets to us, he's already sifted it and, and taken those things out that would destroy us. And he has kept those things that, that are useful to him to build us up, to bring us closer to him, to develop us, sometimes to discipline us that we need. God never causes horrible things to happen to us. But he does give us a safe place to run to when we need to. He will use and utilize whatever happens, you know, that whatever that happens to us for our good and for his glory. We've heard that in the song today. It may not look like what we want. It may not be at the time that we think is best. But... The comfort that we receive is in direct correlation to what we believe about God. What do you believe? Do you believe that he's the God of all comfort? Do you believe that God is, here it is in 103, verse 8, it starts. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Do you believe that? He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Do you believe that about him? Do you believe that God is sovereign and he's all-powerful? Do you believe that God never changes and he cannot lie? It's not his character. So we can trust God will only and ever act according to his character, who he is, as it's revealed in Scripture. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I bet you know that. I wish Sandy was here, Sandy Branson because that's her favorite um, memory verse, and it's, it's mine too, um, one of mine. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We can trust God in all things at all times because he has proven himself trustworthy. It says so in his word. And lean not on your own understanding. I cannot come up to the level of his wisdom because I'm not God, and I don't even trust myself. He says, the heart is wicked beyond belief, and I know that full well. But I can go to his word for the truth. Isaiah 55, 9 tells us that, for as, high, uh, for as heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. Ephesians 1, 17 says, I keep asking, Paul says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You know, God loves to hear us when we praise him. And when we were talking about this morning, when we magnify him, when we make him bigger than what we possibly can think about him here on earth. We affirm him. <clears throat> we might say, Almighty God, you are the one and only, and I trust in you. 
I love you, Lord. He loves to hear it when we, when we build him up. Don't you love it when someone builds you up? How much more God does. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. 2 Samuel 22, 33. God is my strong refuge. He makes my way perfect. Not me. If left to my own devices, I wouldn't be here right now. I would be somewhere. Or maybe I wouldn't be here at all. Because there was a time when I was a sinner. Capital S. <laughs> and I just say, thank you, God, for saving me. I have a new way. I have a perfect way. I have the only way to get to him. He makes my way perfect. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Remain in awe of God's abilities and his character. Respect and revere his holy name. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Psalm 139.20 says, The word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. This is your daily vitamin. And I love the way Nicole puts it. Veggie vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> it brings life and wholeness to you. And it fills in those spiritual gaps that you might be missing. Amen. So what kind of path does God make for us? Straight. He makes your path straight. A path that leads you straight to him. There's only one way to get there, and that is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. He is the way. He's the way. And he's the truth. He never lies. And he is the life. Without him, you have no life. And there is no other. He has done all that he needs to do in order to get you to where he is. And all you have to do is believe that he is who he says he is. He is your savior. As long as we're on this earth, we will experience things that disrupt us and distress us, distract us, discourage us. And I've listed a few of them. There has been many recorded uh, earthquakes in the scriptures Wow, I was surprised when I looked at my concordance and found out how many how many earthquakes there have been. And um, so there's been there's been that, but there never has been one another earthquake 
like the one recorded in scriptures at the day that Jesus was crucified. And only the book of Matthew records this, so let me read it for you. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life, and they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with whom, with him, who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and explained, exclaimed, surely he is the son of God. This quake that happened that day split rocks, raised the dead, and caused, whoa, is there an earthquake, and caused those who doubted to believe that surely he was and is the son of God, exactly who he claimed to be. That quake is still going forward and exerting energy, still changing people's lives, and is still raise, raising the dead. One day, all who put their trust in God, in Jesus, will write out love tsunami right in through the gates of heaven, and we will say hallelujah, or maybe in our terms, cowabunga, dude, we made it. <laughs> the very last quake that will be experienced on earth will take place on the great day. This is the last quake. The very last one that this earth will, will experience. On the great day of God Almighty in a place called Armageddon. Here God seizes the final victory over evil and destroys it once and for all. Now we won't be on earth during that because he's already come for us. This is just before the second coming of the Lord. But right here, right now, he is putting an end to all evil on this earth, and he wins magnificently. And after that, it says, Then out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne, saying, It is done. That is the same thing that Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. I'm excited about that because those are two very important um, times in, that we get to look forward to. It means that something monumental has been accomplished and it's going to continue to be accomplished through all eternity. It just wasn't a one deal. He won. It's for eternity. He put an end to death and evil. The dominion of the beast has come to an end. This is the final act of God's judgment on Satan. And it reads, Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on earth. So tremendous was that quake. And the great city, that's Jerusalem, split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. Islands sunk into the sea and mountains fell into great crevices. The topography of the whole earth changed dramatically that day. 
and a hundred pound hailstones fell from the sky. And people were cursing God because the great, they called it a plague. And the devastation was so profound that those who didn't believe in him, they cursed him. But we don't have to curse God because we're under his care and his provision. And we know that he is loving and kind, slow to anger, compassionate, merciful, forgiving, loving. What do you believe about him? Because that's how much you're going to trust him. And finally, God is in complete and perfect control at all times over all that he has made because he is supreme. Myself, I hope we never have another earthquake, but I know that we will because we live in a fallen world. And this world, even though it's fallen, it's God's world. He's in control, he's sovereign, and he's going to roll out everything before us and himself, just like he said it would, it would be. And I'm looking forward to that day when that last earthquake, his second coming, will happen because we'll be with him and we'll be looking down at what's going on. It'll be finished. It will be done. Just like God said. That's all I have for you. Do you have something for me? I've driven you into silence. <laughs> anyway, just know that I love you. And, excuse me, Jerry. The... Uh... You can tell it on the microphone. The curtain, the curtain for the Holy of Holies was uh, ripped six, in two from top to bottom. It was six inches thick. Six inches thick. And it was uh, either linen or something similar to linen. Yeah. You know, it was not a, it was not an easy thing to rip. No, it wasn't. And you know what? It wasn't easy for us. It was easy for God. It cost Jesus his life, but God did that because he wanted us to be with him. He always, his goal is to us to be with him where he is. And that, that curtain was the curtain that separated us from the holy God. And now it makes us have the confidence and the boldness that we can come right into his presence. We don't need to be in church to be in his presence. We don't need to be in Jerusalem to be in his presence. We can be in his presence Everywhere, anywhere, all the time. Okay, so, man, I would say run boldly to the throne, you know, into his presence. And because we have access, don't stay away. Go, run into it. Jesus made the way by his death. And what did he say? It's finished. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to hide in shame. You don't have to stay away. You come into my presence anytime yeah and, and that's really powerful when you tie it because you we, you quoted proverbs 3 a lot and where it says i'll make your path straight it actually doesn't mean remove curves it means remove obstacles exactly exactly yeah god is going to remove any obstacle that keeps his children from him, just like that six-inch curtain that Jerry was talking about, 
And, and um, thank you, Steve. That's really good because many times God has removed obstacles in my way. I didn't, I mean, I was looking at it and I was thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? What do I have to do to get this out of the way? I didn't have to do anything. God does it. He makes my paths straight. He makes my way perfect. And so, and remember, it always leads to him so that we would know him better. Pretty exciting about our God, that he loves us so much, so much, that he's willing to do to go to the cross, go to the nth degree just to have us. He's so deliriously in love with us. And we were talking about that, Fred and I, uh, that I was saying how beautiful it is when I think that God rejoices over us with singing. And she said, rejoices means to twirl and dance. Joy, you know, is the extreme happiness. That's what God thinks about us. He twirls with delight when he sees you. And he removed that curtain so that we could be with him every day, every moment of every day. We just have to choose to be there, to enter in. And you know, that's, um, that's a pretty exciting freedom that we have with our God. He loves us that much. I think as Buzz Lightyear said, from eternity and beyond, that's how much he loves us. Anyway, I love you all. You have a good day. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.